Thanks for listening to this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. I was at Chick-fil-A this week. Big shocker. And I was told twice by two different employees to have a blessed day. I guess that's a new thing. First it was my pleasure, now let's have a blessed day. What do you think they mean by that? Presumably, I think these employees mean that they hope that today we'll be blessed by God with something good. Right? I mean, that's reasonable. If you go on social media sometimes, you'll see someone posts from their vacation or post a nice picture of their family or post something new that they got that they want to kind of brag about in a humble way. And they'll say, I'm hashtag blessed. I'm so blessed to have this vacation. I'm so blessed to have this family. The implication is that they have this cool stuff because God or Maybe if they don't believe in God, then just some generic universe has blessed them with the stuff that they have. We live in a world where we equate blessing with good new things. I don't know if that's bad, but we're, we're kicking off this series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be in the Sermon on the Mount until further notice. Probably till Easter. And we're keying it off the same way that Jesus did. By looking at the Beatitudes. And in this passage, Jesus is talking about what it means to be blessed. Did Jesus have the same idea of blessings as our current understanding? Is Jesus posting his vacation on social media, hashtag blessed? Does Jesus have the same idea of blessings as our friends at Chick-fil-A? We're about to find out. So let's read the scriptures this morning in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
So while our culture and our social media influencers seem to believe that blessing is about having something, Jesus seems to think that being blessed is about missing something. Each one of these beatitudes indicate a lack, right? He starts off with being poor in spirit. Now, when you're poor in money, one of the things about poverty is that not only do you not have money, you don't know how you're going to get money. You don't have a good way of going out and getting money. That's the difference between being poor and being broke. If you're broke, you can go out and work a little bit and get some extra money. But if you're in poverty, then you don't have that source of income. So if you're poor in spirit, your spirit's at its wit's end. Not only are you lacking what you need spiritually in that moment, you don't know how you're going to get what you need spiritually by yourself. Blessed are those who mourn. Obviously, a person in mourning is a person who is lacking something. They're lacking someone. Someone that you love has passed. Someone that you love is gone and you are mourning that loss. I ran across this excellent quote about mourners in a book I was reading about the Beatitudes. He says, uh, this is a quote from Nicholas Wolsteroff. He says, the mourners are those who have caught a glimpse of God's new day, who ache with all their being for that day's coming and who break out in tears when confronted with its absence. They're the ones who realize that in God's realm of peace, there is neither death nor tears and who ache whenever they see someone crying tears over death. The mourners are aching visionaries. They know what they're missing. They know what they're lacking. The mourners lack. The meek, blessed are the meek. The meek are lacking control. Meekness indicates uh, not weakness. It's not the same thing as weakness. Meekness means that you have the ability to control something, but you choose not to exercise it. Meekness is the decision not to exert your influence, whether you could or not. Meekness means that we don't go around throwing our weight around everywhere, but we wait on God. And that's a tough thing to do sometimes. Meekness is a lack of control. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst is a lack of food and water. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness means that we don't have righteousness, but we want it. It shows us that the opposite of righteousness is not evil. Necessarily, the opposite of righteousness is self-righteousness. It's thinking that we're full of righteousness, thinking that we don't need anything else. But Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the righteous. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for it, who know that they're not righteous, but yet want to be so bad, for they will be filled. It's that lack that makes them blessed. Blessed are the merciful. Mercy means that you have a right to judge other people. 
right? Mercy means that you are well within your rights to punish another person or to take revenge against another person or to, to judge another person, but you choose not to do it. You give up your right of judgment or vengeance for the sake of another person. That's what mercy is. It's a lack of getting that satisfaction <laughs> of vengeance. Blessed are the pure in heart. The pure in heart are the ones that are chasing after one thing. We talked a few weeks ago about purity, about Jesus as a purifying fire and how purity is one thing. Gold that's pure is gold and nothing else. The pure in heart are chasing after Jesus and nothing else. But guess what? If you're chasing after Jesus and nothing else, you are lacking all the other stuff. If you've got one thing, you don't have two things, right? You're lacking that other stuff. Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, Matt, how's peacemaking lacking something? I don't know if you've ever tried to be a peacemaker before, but it is hard. It's not fun. And if you're a peacemaker, you are lacking your peace of mind half the time. <laughs> it's hard work. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are those when men will revile you and come against you. When you're persecuted, you're lacking your safety. Jesus doesn't say that we're hashtag blessed when we get to go on vacation. He doesn't say that we're hashtag blessed when we get a new car. He says that we're blessed when we are connected with our lack and our loss. Jesus says that we're blessed when we realize that we're not going to be okay on our own. And as I was preparing for this sermon this week, and I was at Chick-fil-A, and the Chick-fil-A employee told me to have a blessed day, I was like, gee, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a good thing for you to want me to have a blessed day? Because that means that I'm missing something, going to be missing something if I have a blessed day, according to the Beatitudes. I think I got a little offended. Uh, not really. You guys know what a retcon is? It's a, it's a nerdy thing. I'm sorry. I'm always preaching about nerdy stuff. A, net, a retcon is when you uh, go back. It, it stands for retroactive continuity, okay? And so what it means is that uh, a writer of a show or a writer of a movie will regret a decision that they made and they will retroactively undo that decision. We were watching the Fast and the Furious movies uh, with my sister over, over Christmas break and uh, man, they do that all the time in these Fast and Furious movies. Like they kill off a character and then like three movies later they regret it. They're like, oh man, I guess we'll make more money if that character's in the movie again. We'll just unkill them. So they'll say, oh, they didn't really die. They were just pretending to be dead. And then got amnesia. That's why we don't know. We haven't seen them for the past three movies. And then they integrate them back into... So back when they initially killed that character off, they weren't thinking, oh, they're, they're faking their own death. But they retroactively change what happened in the past because they want to make more money and they want to incorporate their character. That's retroactive continuity, retcon. And they do that all the time. Writers do that all the time on TV shows. They do that on soap operas all the time. You know, the evil twin comes up and it was really them that was in a coma or whatever. 
retcons. And I think the thing about retcons is that a lot of times we try to retcon the words of Jesus, right? The things that make us uncomfortable, the things that make us sad, the things that make us cringe, we say, well, Jesus didn't really mean that, right? He didn't mean that. So we try to retcon blessing and not to being about what we lack, but about what we have. Jesus didn't really want us to be poor in spirit, did he? Come on, that's not, oh man, it's, it's, that doesn't make me feel good. So we don't really have to be poor in spirit. We just have to be theoretically okay with being poor in spirit. And then that's good enough. We don't actually have to mourn because mourning makes me sad. So we can just skip straight to the comfort and, and it's okay because, you know, Jesus didn't really want me to mourn, did me? We define meekness away to mean not meekness. We don't actually have to be meek. We don't actually have to give up control. We just have to be okay with giving up control in theory. We, go we skip hunger and thirst, and we go straight on to the self-righteousness. I know Jesus wants me to be merciful, but the real mercy is holding their feet to the fire so they won't do it again. That's what real mercy is, right? Jesus didn't really mean to, I need to actually have mercy. And we do this all the time and so on and so forth with the words of Jesus. We don't like what Jesus says in the Beatitudes, so we retcon it to mean whatever we want it to mean. But I think that Jesus calls us to take these Beatitudes seriously if we're going to understand the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. If we're going to live like Jesus, we've got to get these values into us. We've got to get this backwards way of thinking right. In order to understand the Beatitudes, we've got to get this teaching of Jesus correctly, and we've got to have this posture of Beatitudes, because otherwise we're going we're gonna to be sucked into legalism. We're going we're gonna to hold ourselves to a standard that we cannot possibly match. And so we've got to connect ourselves with our lack. We cannot, we cannot allow ourselves to get into soul-crushing legalism with the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount. They've got to be life-giving. And in order for the teachings to be life-giving, we've got to adopt the posture of the Beatitudes. We've got to take seriously the idea that if we want to be blessed by Jesus, we have to let go of the stuff that would otherwise fill us and be willing to be filled by Jesus instead. The way up is down. The path of blessing is having less, not having more. We've got to be willing to pursue downward mobility if we're going to understand the way of Jesus. That's why I'm calling this series Upside Down, because Jesus is pulling us into this upside down ethic of the last shall be first and the first shall be last. You're blessed if you have less, not if you have more. You don't see people tagging Instagram pictures of their empty cupboards with hashtag blessed, but that is what Jesus is talking about. You're blessed if you're hungry. You're blessed if you're poor. You're blessed if you're at the end of your rope. 
because the real blessing comes when we know that we are connected to our need for Jesus. The real ones who are blessed know that they cannot keep this up on their own. We're not lying to ourselves about our own ability to flourish. We're not lying to ourselves about our own mortality. The poor in spirit aren't lying on saying that they're more okay than they really are. They know that they're poor in spirit. The mourners aren't lying thinking that they're going to live forever. They know that the end is coming. The pure in heart aren't lying to themselves that they can be satisfied by consumerism. They know that only Jesus can satisfy. The Beatitudes connect us to our fallen humanity, to our need for someone outside of ourselves to come to our rescue. They connect us with Jesus. And that connection is the real blessing. So you might be thinking today, you're telling me, Matt, that I need to be poorer and hungrier and sadder than I already am? I'm having a hard enough time as it is. But the thing about it is, if you're feeling this way, the good news of the gospel for you is that you are already blessed. If you're at the end of the rope, if you feel poor in spirit, you're blessed. God has already blessed you. The kingdom is yours. God is closer to you than your next breath. If you're mourning the loss of a loved one, if you're mourning what was, then good news. You don't have any, anything else. You are already blessed. Jesus is waiting in the wings to comfort you. If you're hungry and thirsty and desperate because you know you messed up and you know that you're a sinner and you know that your righteousness doesn't measure up, good news, you are already blessed because Jesus is here and he is going to fill you up with his righteousness. So we're blessed in this way, not because God wants us to be miserable, I don't think God wants us to embrace this ascetic lifestyle where we just don't do anything fun or have any good stuff because we want to be blessed because we want to follow the Beatitudes. We are blessed because when we embrace these Beatitudes, we see ourselves for who we really are. And the fact of the matter is, you and I, no matter how good off we think we have it. We are beggars in need of someone to come lift us up out of our soul poverty. We are beggars who aren't righteous on our own and who are hungry and thirsty. And the, the more we identify like that, the more we strip away all of the other stuff that lies to us and tells us that we are better off than we actually are, the more blessed we are because the more we are going to seek after Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is that if you can identify as a beggar, then you have got a Savior who is waiting to take you to the golden corral, right? He is waiting to fill you up with all of the good things with himself. We're blessed when we keep our own limitations and shortcomings in mind. We see how God makes up where we fall short. 
God will comfort. God gives you mercy. God gives you his kingdom. God fills you up. God bequeaths to you the whole earth. You can't lay claim of these things by yourself because we need God to do it for us. So when we hear, have a blessed day, that needs to be a challenge to us. It should spur us on to remember how poor we really are and how much we need Jesus. Some of us need no reminder. I know there are folks here today that don't need a reminder how desperately they need Jesus. It's in front of us right this very second. And so a reminder to you that if you're in a crisis, if you're down and out, there's nothing that you have to do to be blessed by God. Jesus says you're already blessed and it's time to receive the good gifts that he has for you. But if you do need a reminder that you're not as great as you think you are, here it is. Embrace these beatitudes. Take them seriously. Do what it takes to humble yourself and to see the world like it really is. Become poor in spirit. Even if that means you have to give up, whatever it is you have to give up, get there. Allow yourself to mourn. Don't skip straight to the comfort. Sit in the morning for a while. It's okay. Be meek and merciful. Get hungry for the righteousness you don't have. Chase after one thing. Commit to peace. And get used to being persecuted. Because that is the path to having a truly blessed day. And that is the path to the upside down, confusing, beautiful way of Jesus. So I want to invite you this morning, if, if you need that blessing today, if you need to get blessed, if you need to connect with your need for a Savior, come to the altar and tell him that you need him. If you already feel like you're at the end of the rope, if you already feel like you're as poor in spirit as you can get, you're invited to come to the altar and receive a blessing. Let's go to God in prayer. Jesus, we have gotten the idea of blessing so backwards. We have gotten into our heads that we are blessed to get more stuff, not to connect with our own lack. God, help us to understand that the way of blessing is to connect with you, to humble ourselves in front of you and to receive the good gifts that you have for us. Jesus, I pray a true blessing on each person here that we will receive what we can only get from you. And I pray that you will help us to live our lives in the light of this blessing. Help us to read the rest of this sermon in the light of of this blessing that we may understand the correct posture to receive your wisdom and your teaching and your life be with us now in your name I pray amen